All right, everyone. Well, welcome back to, I guess this would be official episode number two of the Archery Coach Cast. This is a new um, endeavor, I would say, um, for IAI, and that's International Archery Institute, is an organization that uh, Mr. Richard McCune, myself, and Larry Wise have put together to work on providing opportunities of archery education for the masses. So all of archery, it's not just a compound thing. It's not just a recurve thing. It's not just a um, longbow thing. It's an archery thing. So we are all about archery education. And this is part of our series of free training sessions that we are offering um, the archery community. Um, So make sure that you guys check out IAI on Facebook, follow our page, make sure you check out our events, the upcoming live classes that are that are on the way. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more later on. And that's about it. So um, I do see that Coach Linda Beck um, has joined us. So I'm going to do some changes here, Larry, if you would like to uh, take over the discussion and I'm going to get Linda brought up on video. Very good. Yes, thank you everybody for joining. Uh, it's great to have you. And as Frank said, this is a, a free session talking over uh, topics that are important to archery, uh, all of archery. Uh, so uh, last week, uh, if you tuned in, we talked about holding position and uh, significant features of that, particularly shoulder line uh, and how your holding arm is aligned Uh, from a top view, holding arm aligned with the arrow. Uh, And we discussed uh, the the subtle differences between the compound holding uh, position and the recurve holding position. And Frank always illuminates the topic with what he knows about barebow and how that is also a little bit different. Uh, So that's what we were doing last week. And uh, that pointed the need to discuss, uh, once you get to holding position, what dynamics are at work? So what, what happens physically, uh, internally, externally, and what we can see, what we can't see. And so that, that's uh, the point of today's discussion. Linda, welcome. Good to see you. Yes. You're good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we hear you yep. great. Thanks for joining us, Linda. We really okay. appreciate it. No problem. I'm way out in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. land, land of the palm trees and sunny beaches. Yeah, right. It's still pretty white out. <laughs> it is white. That's the only thing that's in common with the beaches. Yeah. Yeah, our, our snow has mostly melted now with uh, the rain we've had the past few days and so on, but... You sent us some wind from Minnesota, Linda, ah. so we're getting that today. Okay. Uh, um, Coach Linda and I, uh, for those of you who don't know, worked very closely together for five years on the National Junior Dream Team. Linda was the head coach. Uh, I was assistant. We had four or five other really good assistants to work with us also. Um, we had... Uh, what I, I think was a very successful program. Wouldn't you agree, Linda? 
Yes, and in fact, for those of you that missed it, on Saturday was the finals of the World Archery Indoor Series, which was done virtually. And the team was Team Hot Shots, uh, created by uh, Brielle. She's from Lancaster Archery, only 14 years of age. And two of our former junior dream team members, Cole Zoig and Sawyer Sullivan. And they drew the number one team, Chris Schaff, Rio Wild, and Linda Ochoa Anderson. And you can watch it on uh, World Archery. And they just about took them down. <laughs> yeah. I've had the pleasure they, of shooting with Brielle. They Brielle shot awesome and they had no fear to go for the bonus 12 ring. <laughs> Excellent. That's awesome. Excellent. Yeah, way, way back when, when Linda and I were uh, tasked with writing a national training system for Compound, uh, we, we know there was people out there that were, you know, some good shooters that were saying, well, what do they think we're going to change? And our, our line was, no, it's not about you, it's about your replacements. And so the replacements are showing up now. Oh yeah, the look on Chris's face when Sawyer drilled the twelve was precious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well that's good. Yeah, and I didn't see that part. Um, I did watch some professional bowling yesterday. I have to tell you about that uh, and uh, how that fared out. It was it was very interesting. Um, the form transfers certain elements of the form transfers from archery to bowling. So uh, we can talk about that. Um, Absolutely. Um, Larry, you should be able to share your screen when you're ready to get going with the presentation. Okay, let me see what I can come up with here. I'll get my file up from PowerPoint. Okay. I think I'm back up here. Well, we see you. Yeah. Okay, but I, I gotta I gotta find out where the share button is. <laughs> no. I think you have to. Uh, once you click, you should be able to click share. No problem. It's uh, that green button at the bottom. At the bottom, yeah. Yeah, if I can. Might have to. You know what? If you uh, did, you minimize your screen by chance. Yeah, I got it back up, but the share buttons are not highlighted. Oh, let me take a look. Maybe I made a mistake. Right, let me, here, let's try that again. I know what I can do. Here, hold on one second, Larry. This will help. Yes. All right, Larry. Take a look at it now. Yeah, I just have up. Um, Gotta love Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have the PowerPoint if I need to share it and, and we can go that route too. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I practice doing this. Now, I'm, uh, now all I have is your picture up. Really? Yeah. I don't know why that is. That's all right. We can, I can share it. That's fine. No worries. You can, you can start chatting. Let me just pull that up. Okay. Pretty sure I have that, the, the uh, 
that presentation. <coughs> yep. No problem. Yeah, I, I love it. Technology. This is the world we mm -hmm. live in. So, all right, let me pull that up, Larry. You go ahead and. Yeah, it's uh, back tension dynamics. Yep, I have it. Yeah, all I have on on my screen now for Zoom is your picture. Well, that's not a bad thing, is it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm, uh, no comment. I'm not <laughs> any comments? No, no judgments. <laughs> I know how fragile you are. No. Nah. Yeah. I shoot bare bells. Trust me, I'm not fragile. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing fragile about uh, shooting bare bow. Okay, I got everything back now. You do? Okay. Yeah, I saw. So if you still have the PowerPoint there, you should be able to um, if you want to try. Do you can you see the share button? Yeah, let me get the file back up. But don't don't even the file's probably still there if you didn't close it. I closed. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, pull that pull that back up because I would rather see be able to you, you share it and yeah, and then I can your, click on it. Go from your side, yeah. Okay. But I'm pulling it up as we speak just as a backup. Hmm. Now, no, I still don't have a share. Would this be the one you're talking about? Yeah, dynamic, back tension dynamic. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, let's roll with it, man. Hmm. loading up here yeah it's, it's uh when i set up my own meeting and practice getting the files up on well, no problem but yeah couldn't get back here couldn't find a place for here no worries it's loading so um as this pulls up we'll um i'll let everybody know we are these sessions originally we were going to do them every two weeks because with some of the people i coach wanted them to attend these sessions as a as a as a additional learning opportunity as an archer um you know the stuff the stuff that we talk about in a lot of these sessions there's there's this idea i guess that archery like everything specific per discipline that you shoot and that's just not the case and um the the nts is a system that's built that applies to all disciplines of archery. It's not, you know, specific to compound. It's not specific to Olympic recurve. And I think barebow has in, because barebow is unique in its endeavor that we shoot lower poundage and sure there are shooters that have shot well with, with a less than optimal form, we'll say, um, you know, we sort of just bypass the fact that, well, it doesn't mean that you should always shoot that way. And you could be having adverse effects on your body, not really utilizing back tension dynamics, which is the importance of why you should continue your education, learn about this stuff and, and go from there. So, um, you know, that's why we're providing these free sessions um, so that people have a way to learn about what their, their goals are and their sport that they're passionate about. Um, 
you know, if it's only 35 minutes, it's 35 minutes. You want to know more? Sign up for a class. Sales pitch. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. So with that being said, Larry and Linda, please chime in at any point in time that you uh, that you wish. Um, the floor is yours. Okay. So the, the point of our holding position discussion last week was to uh, be in the right position so that you can load your back muscles appropriately and efficiently. Uh, so that, that is the most important thing that an archer does. Loads the appropriate back muscles and uses them then in uh, a contraction and chest expanding operation that results in the release of the arrow. Okay, so uh, what I've designed here is a PowerPoint and next slide, please. And uh, this pertains to compound. Okay, yeah, back up one, please. Oh, one second. Yeah. Go in the wrong direction. There. Yep. So, um, this is a drawing that I've used quite a bit to show you some of the muscles that are loaded. Uh, primary ones here are in red. There's the um, major and minor rhomboids. And the very highest one there, the top one, is attached to the top corner of the scapula, top inside corner of the scapula, and runs up into the neck and is attached to the upper cervical vertebrae. Three or four that uh, that levator scapula muscle attaches to. And so those are ones that need to be loaded as well as the trapezius that lays over top of this and is cut away in this drawing. Uh, and some of the lower trapezius, which is showing in this drawing. So those are the primary muscles that we're going to load when we put ourselves into uh, the proper holding position. So uh, you need to be aware of that. So we have some definition here when we say back tension, these are the muscles that we're loading. Okay, what's next, Frank? Overhead view, the first one. Okay, overhead view, right. And this, if you remember from last week, is a top view of a compound archer, typical, uh, where the, the red shoulder line here, the back, the shoulder line, uh, is coiled so that it's parallel to the arrow. Okay, we see the holding arm and that forearm is in line with the arrow. This is uh, the visual look that we want to get when we're uh, building good form, looking for good form on a compound archer. Uh, anything to add, Linda? Yeah, I think you're on mute. I think we lost her. <clears throat> She was typing. Let me look and see if it somehow. Okay. I asked to unmute. Um, 
I so we'll, yeah, you're good to go, Linda. I'm good to go. Okay. Um, so a couple things to add and not, not particularly to exactly what you just said. One of the opening remarks that Frank made uh, where we see people, we see people with what we would call less than stellar form, but are very successful. <laughs> Keep in mind that many of those people, that's their li livelihood. So they're shooting high volumes. Therefore they can repeat. They have a lot of movements that, I start my video again. Yeah, sorry about that, Linda. I think it just turned it off for some reason. Yep. Yeah, it's on now. Yep, you're good to go. Okay, so um, one of the things that I lead with is that they can, somebody that has less than ideal form, keep in mind that that might be their career and their livelihood and that they practice so much that they can repeat because you can really shoot any bow any way you want as long as you can do everything exactly the same every single time. What we're teaching here, here is how to use a method that leverages your skeletal system and your body such that in honesty, you can practice a little less because you're being the most efficient. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Uh, to the comment that someone said about teaching young archers I had the good fortune of participating in the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee's National Team Coach Leadership Education Program. And I have learned some things that you can use to cue, C-U-E, young archers to get them to do this without the lengthy explanation. Um, if you haven't read the book by Nick Winkleman, uh, The Language of Coaching, I highly recommend it. That's where this comes from. And I could do a whole session on this, but uh, maybe if we have some time at the end, I could show you some things real quick. By the way, I wasn't quite prepared for this this morning, so yeah, I'm happy to join. <laughs> we, we, we surprised Linda because we had talked about it, but I think originally there was a scheduling conflict. But, um, you know, Linda has, and just to interject quick, Linda is joining uh, IAI as a, a coach on both the live form classes, and I'm sure... And I have a feeling as we're having this discussion, like my wheels are, are going, there's going to be other class opportunities that would absolutely carry over to coaches across the country and the world. And Linda, that might be one of them is teaching younger kids, um, you know, the steps without making them uninterested in the 11 steps of the NTS. You know what I mean? Yes. We definitely could. That's a topic that would help coaches across the country for sure. So go ahead, continue, please. Thank you. Okay. So um, you, you can tell that uh, I'm a mathematician because on this drawing, I've labeled the points of interest here like we would a drawing in geometry class. So if you remember geometry class, then, then we have some angles labeled. Uh, Back at the holding elbow, there's angle number one. Uh, at the drawing holding shoulder, there's angle number two. And at the bow shoulder, I've labeled angle number three. Uh, so I did that so we could refer specifically to them uh, in this drawing. And so in holding, the uh, text here that's showing in yellow tells you that we're, we've reached about 95% of the holding effort uh, stored in the back, loaded into the back and in those muscles that we showed previously. Okay, next slide there, Frank, please. Okay, 
Okay, so um, what do we do with that load in the back? Well, we contract it just a little bit more. Uh, will there be visible motion? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. It's, it's a micro movement if it is. Okay, next. Okay, so contracting a muscle shortens it. So there's a muscle in muscles in the back then that are going to shorten. Well, that has an effect on the holding shoulder and the holding upper arm and lower arm and that angle number one. So uh, next, please. Okay, so muscles in the back shorten on your holding side. And so what happens here, point EH, your elbow is going to have a rotational force on it. It might move enough that someone could visually see it. It might not, might not be visible, but the force is there because you're shortening muscles in the back. Also, angle number two will open. It will get slightly bigger. Again, this might be visible, might not be visible. It's micro movement, but those are the forces at work. Uh, okay, next slide, please. So from this view, the elbow then, the holding arm is going to move not in a horizontal plane, but in a plane tilted downward. That's how the shoulder functions. And so when the release occurs, follow through then brings that elbow down and around as indicated here by the arrow. Right. So just so you're not trying to do something impossible and get that elbow to rotate in the horizontal plane. So down and around is uh, how we'll see the follow through. Anybody need to add anything here? Okay, then we can hit the next slide. I think the only thing I would like to comment on or, or question um, there's even with last week's discussion, there was some discussion about this diagram in relationship to the alignment of the barrel of the gun to recurve. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, that's, that's, mm -hmm. a, that's something that we should discuss and mention. Um, Linda, it looks like it automatically muted you. So I wanted to, I asked you to unmute so you can talk about it. Yeah. So when Larry and I answered that question on Facebook. So when Larry and I did this, wrote the national team, the NTS for compound, Coach Kiesigli challenged us on this. And so we had someone that's a PhD and I can't remember what it's called, but they, they understand the forces on the body. And so the math was done on the position that you see on the screen right now and the conventional, the recurve, which looks more like a triangle mm -hmm. where the red dot where the arrow is would be over more. 
The yeah, difference yeah. is the other red dot, the bow shoulder dot, because the compound breaks off to a lighter holding weight and we use the World Archery Max of 60 pounds and actually use 50% let off, which nobody's at 50% let off anymore. They're all at 65, 70 and more. The difference in the stress on the bow shoulder, the red dot on the bow shoulder was insignificant, like tens of pounds, an insignificant difference on the stress load of that shoulder. However, this position with a recurve, the difference in that load is significant. So you are risking the bow shoulder to be in this position with a recurve. Right. So you're at, substantially yeah, yeah. more. Yeah. yeah. You're holding peak weight with a recurve. Yes. So we have to move that bow shoulder SB uh, toward the arrow. Yeah. Toward the arrow itself, and so that we have a straight line from SH through SB out to the bow hand B. So for compounds, we taught that this was that this pic picture here. That's our minimum standard. If they can achieve the recurve form, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Right, and I. I have tried that with my compound, and, and maybe it's my old body, but uh, when I try to move that, coil that bow shoulder around more to, to make a straight line to my bow hand, uh, I find that my back muscles then don't work as uh, effectively or as efficiently with the handheld um, back tension release aid, the hinge. Mm -hmm. so that that's for me yep. so this position that we're showing here is uh highly effective and so that's why we use it for our example yeah and i i just want to i want to reiterate too because we i have a, a significant barebow following and in regards to that we see a ton of barebow shooters in this position and again, you know, Linda commented on it too, you know, I mean, there's no barebow shooter shooting barebow for a living. I will go out and that, uh, I will say that, but there are, that's, that's their primary competition format. That's what they shoot all the time. And that's why they make it repeatable. But the volume of arrows that they shoot in order to make it repeatable might be a little bit more um, than somebody that maybe has a more optimal biomechanical position. And also to, you you will notice and i've noticed it when i look i mean i look at barebow shooters more than i care to admit sometimes and i watch multiple forms and i see when people are making form changes and i'm talking higher end shooters and i will tell you that you when you start to see that their form isn't quite the same it's not that they can't shoot their local clubs or or certain events at a high level with less than optimal form they're going to but what I've always said, and it doesn't matter whether it's Olympic recurve compound or barebow, it's those moments of high personal value when the kinks in the armor start to come out. And um, Lord knows that you can shoot high, high, high scores. Um, but the other thing that we don't think about is what's the long-term effect going to be on that draw side shoulder then? What's going to happen in 20 years? Are you still going to be able to shoot or are you going to be shooting 25 pounds instead of 40? Um, and those are the things that, that 
why the NTS is so important is, is that there's an injury prevention component to these positions and using back tension. And that's that's the important part, in my opinion, both with new shooters, kids, and even as adults trying to fix those those inefficiencies so that the longevity of your ability to shoot is more important to me than the scores that you're currently shooting just because it happens to work for you. And just to reinforce that a second, what Frank is saying, uh, the the operative term here and the one that's used in the in the medical field is 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 repetitive. So it, the 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 disorder that one gets in a joint, which it, which is um, improperly used along with the other joints and the force that's put on it, it's called re- repetitive motion disease. And that doesn't take, excuse me, it doesn't take a lot of pressure. A person typing in the wrong position, you, you're thinking, here you're typing, you know, that's, that's no pressure at all. But repeat that year after year for a while, they're going to end up with carpal tunnel disorder. It, it, it's just a matter of time. So if we do these things properly as being suggested here, it, you, you, whether it's with a compound that, that gives us a lot of leverage in terms of re, re, reduction of 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 uh, of the uh, of the force, repetitive is 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 what is held in question. So if we learn to use our bodies correctly with the equipment, uh, the 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 re- repeating it is, is not going to destroy the. The, you know the shoulder, the wrist, uh, the elbow. But if you don't do it correctly and you do it long enough, then my my friends in the medical field make a lot of money, you know, doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, next slide, please. So <clears throat> we talked about movement. It might be visible, might not. So uh, the lower part of the drawing here. You can see that the elbow changes position. It might be visible, but it might not be. It might be that small, you won't see it. But that force is there. And so these angles are changing. Angle one is shrinking. Angle two is growing, expanding just a a little bit. Okay, and so what's happening across the chest. Well, the chest, if allowed, will expand. Of course, if you hold your chest tight, then it won't expand and you're working harder than you should. So um, back is contracting, chest is expanding. So, and we, we get that when we set up the proper holding position. That was the importance of uh, last week's uh, discussion. So now the handheld release aid at point R, the back tension hinge style release aid functions when the handle rotates relative to the head of the release aid. This rotation is micro, very small amount. And you can see here that the force on the elbow that rotates that elbow or, or in um, 
national training system, we talk about the land two spot on, on the back part of your upper arm. As uh, that position changes, your hand is affected at point R and the release aid handle, the hinge handle rotates a micro amount and that discharges the arrow. So you're consciously engaged with contracting in the back, allowing chest to expand and the release aid handle is turning and at some point it discharges the bowstring and you are consciously not aware of that point in time because you're engaged with contraction in the back or thinking about chest expansion. So that's a surprise release. Uh, but again, correct body position is what we have to establish first and then engage further in, in the physics of uh, you know, back contracting, chest expanding. Yeah, can, can, I, can I mention about the ratio of movement? And that was a, a significant point in my learning process when taking my level four and understanding that the, the two millimeter that we talk about in Olympic recurve, that, that ratio of movement to move the arrow point, that small space is not significant. It's a very small amount, almost to the point with my favorite, my absolute favorite um, explanation that I've heard about uh, expansion was with the Shoot Like Me, I think is the name of the video with Brady. He talks about how when he gets the full draw and he starts to expand, the expansion isn't, it's not even a movement for him. He's holding and his body's natural tendency with the, 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 change in his the pressure and the tension in his body maintaining tension and direction it just happens it's not a visible movement it's not you know and i think sometimes in, in some instances coaches focus too much on the idea of a movement that it has to be this big significant thing it's not um it's 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 a it's a different mental focus in my opinion when you're talking about a finite movement yeah, yeah, Linda, maybe you can add something here for the recurve folks. Um, I think Frank pretty much covered it. It's uh, it's a very finite movement. I mean, one of the demonstrations that Coach Lee Kesically has is if you put your arms out. Yeah, there we go. And I'm contracting my back. Yeah. And you can see how much my Fingers are moving. Unfortunately, I have too tight. It. My clothing's not tight enough, but you can't can even really perceive my back is moving. Yeah. And that's what they mean by ratio of movement. It takes very little on the backside for a big movement on the front. You could also do it if you held, if you held something like an arrow. I can move very little down here where I'm holding it. Right. But the tip of it's going to move a ton. Yeah. yeah, the important step in order for that to happen is to get to um, pro full draw with proper alignment. It's when you don't, when you're unable to get to proper alignment and a good body, body position. If you're shooting 
and your elbow is, and I don't know if you guys can see me or not, but your, your elbow is outside of the arrow. If your elbow is outside of the arrow, you're not getting into your back. It's not happening. And be sure, again, like Linda said earlier, if you continue to shoot a specific way and shoot a volume of arrows that get you to the point where you're shooting it repeatedly, you might do it great. It's not that, but it's that moment when if you're a bow hunter and you have an absolute giant standing in front of you, or you're on the stage standing next to Larry while shooting the, the um, uh, at the Lancaster Archery Classic or wherever it, it, it could be at the World Games or, or one of the uh, a major competition and Linda's standing there and you're watching this happen. It's those moments and those are the reasons why you pursue this alignment, why you pursue using your back in this capacity to make you a more consistent shooter for a longer period of time. Um, we have a question here. If you guys want to um, take a look at the chat from Mario, should I focus on tension or on direction? I know what this answer is going to be. I can track my back in an isometric way and nothing will move at all whatsoever, but I think that's not ideal. Um, Linda, why don't you, touch on the I, I, so i have one that i use all the time with people okay to answer his question yeah so if i ask people everyone that's there sitting to take and take your fingers and come up and touch your shoulder everyone agrees that's a bicep curl and the bicep is moving my hand up but i am thinking of direction and movement now i challenge you to put your hand out here and by intent tighten the bicep to bring it up focus on the bicep contracting you will all find it's very hard to move. And if you really focus on the bicep contracting, research studies have proven and shown, focus on the muscle, the opposite muscle, the tricep will also contract at the same time. So focusing, even though we are talking about back muscles and back tension, which by the way, I'm well known for hitting the word back tension because it implies just tightening. It is wrong. It is dynamic back movement. You want to try to move. And so I'll give you a little hint here that from my coaching thing with Nick and the cues, if I put a piece of tape on the archer's draw shoulder scapula, and I put a piece of tape on their spine, this has worked very well for me. And I tell them, take the piece of tape on your scapula, the piece of tape I put on your shoulder and move it closer to your spine. Boom, they're doing back tension because they're not focused on muscles. They're not focused on direction. They're focused on this external cue, a piece of tape, move tape on shoulder closer to tape on spine. You'll be shocked at the results you will get because they're not focused on muscles. It's called external cueing. When you focus on something away and further away, it works much better than telling your body exactly what you wanna do. Internal cues don't work. And the description that, the, that Mario just made, that's called internal cueing it's ineffective. So it's direction and motion. Oh, you're going to burst some bubbles in the variable world, Linda, with that. You are going to burst some bubbles. Oh, that's, that's good stuff. That might be a topic of discussion for a later, later time. <laughs> um, Lots right. of topics. So do you want next slide? Larry? Pardon? Let next slide. We're already 45 minutes into this bad boy. Okay. Yeah. Quick. If there's one more. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just more words. Yeah. Which yeah. we've, we've discussed. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I think that's it. That's the last one. Yeah. All right. We made it through it. It only took 45 minutes to get through like seven, sl- 10 slides. Yeah. Well, you talk too much at the beginning. Oh, right away. <laughs> right away. It's my fault. I see how it is. Yeah, that's good. Uh, let's see. I saw a couple. I saw comments. Um, completely concur. That's how we teach Tai Chi. In New York. Uh, Linda, you are amazing. We'll skip that. <laughs> yes. Um, let's see here. Should I focus on tension? The tape exercise is a fantastic idea. Thank you. Okay, good. Anybody have, before we shut this shindig down, anybody have any more questions, comments, um, you know, anything that you want to put out there? We'll probably give you guys a couple more minutes here and then um, we're going to pretty much be done. Make sure while, while we're looking for those messages, um, you know, you can go to the International Arts Institute on YouTube. You'll be able to watch this there. I'll be uploading this um, as part of our podcast. The audio version will be available. Um, we hope to do a more specific uh, podcast um, in regards to everything archery, not just coaching stuff. But, you know, we have uh, Doc, I'm going to ask you to unmute here real quick. Um, we're going to look at having some topics. And Doc, I'd like you to to just mention some of the people that we are going to work with that you are personal friends with and have worked with in the archery world. Well, there, there's just a, a number of people. Some people may know um, Byron Ferguson, who's a, a well-known longbow shooter and also a bowyer. Um, he's just a, a top-notch uh, person. And uh, he and I have done a, a, a lot of flight shooting together and um uh, let's see who else uh, Paulo. Paulo. Uh, oh uh, uh, perhaps some of you have, have read the the little book um that uh paulo coelho a um a portuguese uh, philosopher has written when, when he wrote it when he was in brazil he's back in Portu- uh, portugal now it's called the way of the bow uh we're trying to get him for an entire program um Oh, um, who am I thinking? The, the, Julia the, Bodie. Yeah. Um, uh, she, the she, Hall of Fame. she is still a coach of the, um, of the Joad uh, team uh, that I'm sort of a, a coach involved in at the archery club I belong to. And she, she, she's laying off right now because of COVID. She hasn't been real active, but she's in her early 90s. And she is the woman, uh, and she's in the Archery Hall of Fame because it, it, she is the person that started uh, the collegiate teams, uh, archery teams at, at Millersville University here in Pennsylvania, where she was the, uh, the phys ed coach or phys ed professor. Uh, and I know her, her well. And, 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 and I, I have probably over 100 people that I've had long discussions with uh, over the years, because I, I always heard people saying, "What well, when I shoot, it makes me feel good." And being a, a researcher uh, myself, and and a my my doctorate really is in um, multi generational family systems uh, uh, analysis or psychoanalysis. It's a form of psychoanalysis. So I decided to track that. You know, just because a person has a good feeling is not something that this happens. It's it's biochemical. It's it, it it it's biomechanical and so forth. 
And so we started to research that, and now we understand those processes and, and have many people who can help us understand them better. So over, the to- over time, and this is one of the reasons we put this uh, together at, as, a, as a university, not just a series of programs that we can bring in guests, guest speakers and, and do research. We're, we're continuing to do research in three or four different medical schools on, on the process and so forth so we can understand this better. Yeah. There's a lot of good fun doing it as well. Definitely. Thanks, Doc. Appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. all that. Um, and sure. we'll go, we'll go from there. Um, looks like there's a question from Mario. Um, just asking about if we'll find some info and some of the pictures and more about your book, Core Archery, Larry. Um, well, those pictures aren't in, in my book, uh, Core Archery, yeah. uh, or, or in the DVD. Um, so I've developed these pictures just uh, after Linda and I wrote the national training system in 2014. Yeah, but so. you know, you're you have some other stuff coming, uh, mm-hmm. some other writings that are coming, and you know, email me. I can send you this PowerPoint, or we can post it up and have it available. Well, they're going to be available right here on this on this video for yeah. the Archie Coachcast, so mm-hmm. it's fine. They can they can access it right from our YouTube page too, yeah. as well. So, Linda, where can people follow you or or see what's going on with you? You want to share? Uh, I have a Facebook page, uh, Coach Linda Beck fan page. I have Instagram Archer LB, and a website Coach Linda Beck. Yes, and Coach Linda Beck was influential in me in taking my level four. I appreciate <laughs> your critique and um, direction. She does not part words. She tells you exactly how it is every time. If that is the type of coach you want, she is the one you want. I can guarantee you that. I have nothing but admiration for both of you. Larry's my my mentor coach directly, but Linda, you have been very influential in everything that I do. I appreciate you a lot. Thank so you. does Archery. So um, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, this will conclude this week's free archery training session, whatever you want to call it. It's really just a podcast for Archery Coach Cast. And I ask all of you to visit our Facebook group, like our Facebook page. I highly, highly, highly recommend taking a form class and, and, and getting involved in our series of classes. Yeah, we're starting a form class on uh, next Tuesday night, the 9th. Is that what we, I think that's what we put on the schedule. I do believe so. Um, but Coach Linda Beck and Coach Larry Wise will be leading the next class. So sign up for that class, go through our Facebook page. All righty. Thanks everyone for joining us and